Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is October 8, 2022. This is Fightful Wrestling. This is your WWE Extreme Rules post-show. You're not going to have any more backstage news than this, than this show right here. This one right here. And believe me, we're going to toot that horn quite a bit today about FightfulSelect.com. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Just $5 brings you more exclusive news than any other wrestling website in the world and at the lowest price of anywhere in the world. Plus, over 25 monthly shows, best deal in pro wrestling. But we're here with Denise Salcedo. Denise, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good and happy to be on, Sean. I think this is going to be an interesting pay-per-view to talk about. Oh, it's definitely going to be an interesting pay-per-view to talk about. We got the return of Bray Wyatt. Little toot toot for that fightful select. We've been talking about this for months. Finally came to fruition. Uh, but go ahead, get your super chats in, get your humper chats in. You may say, Well, why the heck would I want to do that? Well, that gets your question or statement read on the air. If you don't know what humper chats are, uh, it is our Streamlabs platform that allows you to leave questions and statements before we even go on the air. So uh, check that out. That Those are the comments that we engage with, that we read on the air. But if you're here, leave a thumbs up. It goes a long way. Share it on social media. Can't tell you how important that is. And if you're new here, we're here every night. After Raw, SmackDown, Rampage, Dynamite, Impact, NXT, whatever it may be, we've got a post show for it here on Fightful.com. And not only that, we got several weekly news shows as well. I'll be heading off to Toronto this week. Will Washington of Grapsity and Day, Day After Dynamite will be joining Denise on Monday. But... Let's go ahead and talk about it. WWE Extreme Rules, Denise. We're saving, we're saving the big thing for last because it was 
completely separate of of everything else but what did you think of the show in totality you did a watch along today on your I- channel I did. You know, I feel like the watch alongs kind of make things uh, sometimes a little bit more fun, too, just because you're really like in the moment. Right. Doesn't give you any moments to really space out or anything. So I will say, like, I felt pretty engaged throughout the entire evening. I thought that the show started off really, really great. There were um, there were some moments that I thought were not necessarily all that interesting, but they weren't they didn't last so long. Like it was quick, like where things got re-interesting fast. You know, I didn't feel like there was a moment throughout the show where I thought, oh my God, I'm so bored. There was one moment, but it wasn't too much. I feel like this was a pretty strong pay-per-view. I, I, I can't wait to talk about the Bray Wyatt stuff just because I do want to talk about the execution of that because it did kind of fool me for a little bit. I did have this like uh, moment where I thought, holy shit, nothing's going to happen on this show. Oh, my God, it's going to be chaos on Twitter. And uh, overall, though, I thought it was a pretty good show, though. And I think that this is one of the pay-per-views that I, I feel like there was some good amount of hype heading into the show. A lot of people legitimately looking forward to the show because every single match had an actual stipulation for Extreme Rules. Uh, so many of these matches legitimately had a potential for being, uh, you know, match of the night. Yeah, guys, and if this show isn't enough for you, we have another post-show going on, Fightful Select, right now with Alex and Kate. That one will probably still be going by the time we're off the air tonight. So uh, make sure you check that out as well. Just infinite content for you over at FightfulSelect.com. But let's jump into this show. I did feel like this show got swallowed by the cloud, not even the cloud, uh, maybe the sunshine of Bray Wyatt possibly returning. Like that's what so many people were uh, were, were thinking of. FightfulSelect.com did report a week and a half ago that the reveal would be at Extreme Rules, but they did have a show. There were things that happened. Judy says, happy birthday, Ozzy. I don't know what that means. Ozzy Osbourne? Maybe. Michael Branson. <laughs> I thought there was someone on the staff named Ozzy that I didn't I don't know so. yet. <laughs> Michael I'm Branson. Like, oh, happy birthday, Ozzy. <laughs> Michael Branson says, haven't been so giddy for wrestling in a long time. Well, you know what? The opening match gave you plenty of reason to be giddy. The good old-fashioned Donnybrook kicked all kinds of ass, Denise. So FightfulSelect.com reported that they had like a ton of stuff like whiskey barrels, bars, and a lot of things like that gimmicked for this match. And you just knew that these guys were going to have a killer match because that's all they do. That's what they've been going out and doing every single week. These guys getting over by having killer matches. And as it turns out, that can satisfy this WWE audience. You know, there's always those people that say, oh, well, you need story, you need story. You do need story, but sometimes the story, Denise, is that these guys don't like each other and they want to beat the living shit out of each other. And that's what this story is. Sheamus couldn't capture the Intercontinental title, but what he did capture is maybe his greatest rivalry ever maybe his greatest dance partner ever and that's saying something because he's had some banger matches with riddle with drew mcintyre with uh daniel bryan like he has had some unbelievable in-ring work but the last six weeks have just been off the charts denise this was amazing 
This was definitely one of the best matches of the night. I saw a couple of people say that this was match of the night, and I definitely cannot uh, disagree with people saying that because legitimately the Brawling Brutes and right now Imperium, because here's the thing, like you mentioned that Sheamus is, you know, found his dancing partner with Gunther and, you know, they've been having a really great time and the work that they've been doing together since Clash at the Castle has really been tremendous. But not only has this, you know, uh, met the standards that you'd want to see for a Gunther their run on the main roster but it's also rejuvenated Sheamus in uh you know recently on the main roster honestly it really has added so much to him but on top of that it's also helped it's benefited you know the other members of brawling you know of the brawling brutes it's mem it's uh, an imperium Every guy in this has somehow found a way to uh, get over even more because of the story that they've been telling with Gunther and Sheamus. And that for me has legitimately been like the win-win in this situation because they've added, like I've been saying this and I sound like a broken record at this point with my Friday shows is that they have literally added so much interest with SmackDown in general just because of this story here. And there were a lot of really good moments. This was good because every guy had like a moment it was literally just like a rodeo of guys going in there and like busting out all of these different moves uh ludwig kaiser going in there with all of the different strikes that he brought during the am i ludwig. saying that different wwe oh. misspelled it ludwig <laughs> but it's spelled ludwig wait, right wait. okay never mind yeah it's, it's ludwig but it's but spelled ludwig yes okay they, they've misspelled it with a v internally for like four months isn't it with a w yeah, they spell it with a W, but internally they accidentally spelled it with a V for like ever. Okay, the, well, those are the type of scoops you get at fightfulselect.com. Right? All right, well, Ludwig, whatever the hell he's supposed to be now, you're making me second guess myself. Ludwig Kaiser, Ludwig Kaiser, whatever. Oh my God. Uh, he's going out there and he was like literally hitting like all of these different strikes that I thought were just really, really great. Um, I especially love when he does those knee ones as well. Those are usually really freaking awesome. Um, the interactions between Gunther and Sheamus, when we finally got that moment between them, it was like this thing where you're like, stop, everybody pay attention. That was fun. I especially love that. I feel like for the most part, you know, in so many of these matches, we see Gunther be the one that's the aggressor. But I love that, you know, Sheamus is essentially the person that's met his match, right? The yes. moment where he like, threw him onto the commentary table. Like you and I have stood next to Gunther. We've seen how big this guy is. Yes, yes. And to see Sheamus literally lift him up like he's nothing, tossing him onto the commentary table was a really good moment. Um, I want to shout out uh, Butch because he really, to me, I, I said this during my watch along was keep an eye on Butch because he is the guy that you never know what he's going to do. He's going to come at the moments where you least expect him to come out and do something. And you saw that a lot in this match. It was like something was going on. And then all of a sudden, Butch comes in there and just does something crazy. Uh, wh what was the thing that he did, uh, God, after the uh, off the barrel? I think it was the moonsault or something that yes. he did off the barrel. That was really cool. I, I love the, the ridge double slam as well. That was very cool. Yeah, there and was just a lot of good moments. Even them like finding the time to pose together is such a good little sports entertainment moment. Uh, Jambeard says, pretty sure D is supposed to be said like it is a V, sort of how Walter should be called Walter. Well, d let me tell you, for as much as Denise criticizes me about, about my Spanish, um, she, <laughs> she's got a ways to go on 
on her European pronunciation. From what I understand, Denise, you also can't pronounce Mexican names correctly. That's what I no, read on the internet. No, that wasn't the issue. No, that wasn't the, the issue. The issue was that I can't that I shouldn't be saying Spanish names in Spanish, that I should be saying them in English. You can say them like this, Andrade. <laughs> Andrade. <laughs> Andrade. Andrade. Andrade El Idolo. <laughs> Dream Ninja says Seamus at his most popular was just being a violent MFer is a joy to watch. So that's the the issue that I've often found that they they book with a lot of their baby faces, but especially Seamus. Like when they would turn him baby face, all of a sudden he's stand-up comedian. He comes out there and he makes little jokes. That ain't what gets Seamus over. Now I I've interacted with Seamus multiple times. He's he is legitimately like a funny charming guy but he's like a ball buster he's not like a stand-up comedian like we've been in media rooms where he and drew mcintyre are going around and they're just trolling each other based on yeah. who they're, they're interviewing like that's the type they are he's not like coming out there and like doing sick burns on people so i'm glad that they're just letting this rock because seamus at this point sort of has like that elder statesman level of respect in WWE. Like people have been watching him for, for 15 years now and they've, they've seen him near the top of the card almost the entire time at, at almost no time. Has he had one of those runs where he's on like main event for six months, Denise, like the Miz had that a lot of people have had that, but he's never quite had that. Um, I think he just really needed to find somebody that can go out there and do these types of matches with him and make these memorable yes. moments. And it was Gunther. You know, they found Gunther. each other, Gunther and Seamus found each other. And, you know, now they're, now they're, you know, doing their thing. I, I'm very make happy it, for the two. You make it sound like they casted him on friends. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Scott says Seamus and Gunther feud proves rematch after rematch can work when the rematches are bangers though not forever also hashtag all hail Wyatt so yeah I want them to have a little bit of time off there but I would not mind seeing Sheamus be a little bit bummed that he couldn't capture the one title that's eluded him and I'd love to see him be the one to beat Walter uh, Gunther whatever you want to call him at WrestleMania for that title, because now we know the story. We know that's the one thing that eludes him and that he's had an uphill battle to get there. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm very excited about how this played out. Connor says uh, that opener was a banger and the Bray return was fantastic. Connor, thank you for that. Yeah, it was a banger. It was a slapper. It was a humper. If you want to get more humpers, go to humperchats.com. We greatly appreciate you. Joel Wood says, I'm loving the last two months of Gunther on SmackDown. When's the last time you think the IC title have felt this important? I'm thinking Miz in 2016. Uh, to me, definitely Miz Ziggler era. And when probably around the time when Miz and Daniel Bryan had that, that shouting match on Talking Smack. To me, that was probably the last time. Miz did a really good job uh, doing that at one point. Speaking of, he's running around backstage as reported by FightfulSelect.com, the best $5 in wrestling. And he runs into Gritty, who was also there, as reported by FightfulSelect.com. But he thinks it's Dexter Loomis the whole time, to the point to where later on he beats up Gritty, and Dexter Loomis pops up behind him, chokes him out. Gritty throws a little kick afterwards. To me, this was harmless. It was like it gave them time to set up matches 
uh, because you know there's there's Donnybrook matches, ladder matches, fight pit matches. You need something like this that isn't just video package, video package, video package. So I completely see why they did this throughout the show. Um, they have given me no reason to think this isn't about butt stuff still. And uh, this was just easy hometown stuff. It made sense why they did it. I mean, they promoted a shirt. They got, what's his name again? Grizzy? Gritty. Gritty. Gritty? Gritty? Yeah. They got Gritty to get his moment into afterwards when he finally kicks the Miz when he's down. But to be honest, it I, I get like in this situation, I get why they did this and, you know, having these backstage interactions, like you said, uh, instead of having, you know, packages after packages or whatever. But it is getting a little bit old already. I think I'm ready to figure out why. Dexter Loomis is so hung up on always going after the Miz. Uh, or they just want to keep it going. I don't know, but I, I, I need this to start getting to, I, I needed to start wrapping up a little bit. So somebody tried to burn me the other day, Denise, because once upon a time when Jericho was doing some of his promos with Lambert, I was like, eh, these lame casual homophobia jokes just aren't for me. And somebody said, Oh, well you're talking about butt stuff. Isn't it the same? Like, no, that's what's being implied here. Like, it's not me making a joke. That is what has been implied. Yeah, I know. And it was funny so. because after when you said it, it's when I started noticing it. And now everybody's go. noticed it. Uh, because what else is the thing? He's just obsessed with him. I don't know. But it's starting to get a little bit a little bit repetitive, I think, sure. to the point where I'm not reacting anymore. Like, I didn't really react today. Yeah. The, I, the biggest pop was because Gritty? Gritty. I keep forgetting his name. He's, Gritty. He's, a, he's the mascot for okay. Philadelphia, the whole city now. I'm sorry, but he was the thing I popped for. When he kicked Miz, that was the whole highlight for me. That was it. That was the only reaction, the only thing that got a reaction out of me. Bako 5 says, pay-per-view called Extreme Rules and no blood. Disappointed. I mean, that Triple H made it pretty clear they're trying to move away from that. But there was a tiny little bit. Uh, Shytown Spurs says, if you guys really want to see some, <laughs> some horrifying pronunciation of Spanish, check out Great British Bake Off's Mexican Week. <laughs> I don't know oh, what that is. Oh, the great, British Bake Off show? Yeah, and our great moderator, uh, Louis. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but... The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. He says, uh, can confirm, most confusing thing I've ever watched. Well, oh God. there were some confusing things that I watched um, in this Ronda Rousey-Liv Morgan match. So they spent the duration of this match beating you over the head with, Liv really likes the pain. It doesn't bother her. She loves it. But there were there were some missed opportunities here. There were some some spots that didn't quite hit for me. There was the um there was the the van daminator into the code breaker type of thing where the chair gets tossed and then the code breaker happens. Then production missed a big spot. They're too busy doing the crowd reactions to catch Ronda Rousey applying an arm bar. Now I'm not surprised Ronda Rousey wins. I, I I feel like Ronda Rousey wins this title. Eventually, Becky comes back. Becky's a baby face. Ronda Rousey says, I don't want big time backs. I want the man. And then we get the match that we were supposed to get. What, three years ago? Now it'll be four years ago. The the one-on-one match. And I think Becky probably wins that too. Uh, Sean Garner says, what happens next with Liv Morgan now that she lost the title? Well, Denise, I think we get a bit of an adjustment to the Liv Morgan character. What she do you goes think? mad. She yeah. goes insane. Like yeah, angry. I think so. Uh, there, there was like a breakdown type of segment backstage. Um, like I, Liv Morgan's over. People love her. Like that, that audience was not happy that Ronda Rousey won that match at all. And Liv does everything that she can to get whatever she's in over. Like that Centon. Holy that was shit. good. Not 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 even to mention the one that she did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. With that beautiful camera view. Like she goes out of her way to make sure everything is at least memorable. No matter what anybody else does, she's gonna make sure that people at least remember what she did. How'd how'd you feel about this match and the so, outcome? This is like okay, so first and foremost, like this match got like torn apart online. Mm-hmm. Holy dang, like it got torn the hell apart. Everybody was calling this match horrible, god awful. You name it, they were saying it. I thought that this, like, there, were, I didn't think this match was as bad as some of the comments that I was reading. But I think for me was I was really trying to. I think I had a lot more hope for this match, and I think I was trying to see it through those, you know, through that lens, right? Because. I liked what they were doing in recent weeks with Liv Morgan. I liked that we were finally seeing this different side of Liv Morgan where it kind of finally felt like, okay, if they've, if they found, if they would have, 
found a way for her to beat Ronda Rousey in a convincing way. I think it would have been so beneficial for her. But instead, they didn't do that. I feel like they built up this whole thing where they were like, oh, this is, you know, this edgy Liv Morgan. This is the new Liv Morgan or whatever, you know, Liv Morgan that they're doing. And you mentioned, you know, the senton spot that she did with the crowd view and all of that. And just like little things here and there that we've been seeing since the buildup for this Extreme Rules match. So I was expecting for there to be a payoff to that for Liv Morgan. And I wasn't expecting to see Ronda Rousey win tonight. Uh, She was actually, I think that was the only match that I got the prediction wrong off was for this match in particular, because I thought, okay, I think they could do, you know, they could still do something there with Liv Morgan, especially since they started this whole thing where it's like, she's, I don't know, finding this new version of herself. I don't even know what you want to call it. But uh, the match itself, I did not like the finish. I thought the finish was just, uh, it looked weird. At first I thought, okay, this is looking cool. I love how Ronda Rousey is like, you know, basically wrapping herself all over Liv Morgan. I can't even tell what body part she has and doesn't have. And I thought that part started looking good. And then at some point we just lost it. At some point it just looked like she was sitting on Liv Morgan's head. And she was just like smashing her other butt. Like that was all that it looked like at that point. And so unfortunately, I thought the ending felt very, very flat. I don't know how the, uh, you know, I don't know what that looked like for the live audience too. Like for the live audience, if I would have been there, I would have completely missed this finish, to be honest. But um, regardless, there there was some good stuff in there. The strap stuff, I liked all of that. Yeah, I I didn't think it was nearly as bad as, as what people made it out to be. Still... I've probably seen 20 Liv Morgan matches this year that are better than this one, but I just didn't think it wasn't like the SummerSlam Ronda Rousey match. That one was still, I thought this one was better than that one from what I remember. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen Liv have really good chemistry with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley and Dewdrop this year. I don't know if, if the, the chemistry is quite there with, with Ronda to that level, but, um, I mean, Liv, I think, has proven herself as somebody that can belong in, in the upper echelon of the women's division. I, I really do. And KE775 says, you think Ronda and Liv are done, or do you think they end things in Saudi? Who do you think challenges Ronda next? Uh, I think that Shayna Baszler would be a good one in the future um, because they have history, so they can play off of that. Um, I'll have I'll actually have some... Some news on FightfulSelect.com this week about uh, Rhonda and Shayna and something that they did recently. I can't but, even yeah. think. I'm like, who else is on that SmackDown women's roster? Well, they just I'm added. Like, who else they would just, be there? They just added Delina, which is nice. That that makes me happy. Okay, um, but, but not her. Doing, but she's yeah, doing she's, something different. She's right now. doing her she's, own stuff. Yeah. But they they got uh, Aaliyah. They've got B Fab. Yeah, B Fab. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte is injured. Sideline. So maybe maybe her. Uh, Lacey, Maxine Dupree is on the roster. Uh, Natalia, Raquel, uh, Scarlett, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Sonia, Zaylee, Zelina. So there's yeah, maybe that's... like three legitimate, three maybe four legitimate options in Zaylee, Shotzi, yeah. Sonia, also and then maybe um, even Lacey, Bailey, Raquel. Dakota, and Bailey, Dakota, and uh, Eo. Eo are are around there as well. So. Yeah, I mean, it's slim it's, pickings. <laughs> it is slim pickings, and it's their fault for configuring uh, the roster like that. Uh, in Simmons says, Liv's reign was D plus at best, but over the weeks I saw her as a character come into her own and gain so much confidence. Well, it wasn't her fault it was D plus. She gave everything that she could 
to that. And Joel Wood says, I'm sorry, lived, lost. I don't agree with the decision. But let's not take away from the career year she had. I think she's been on every PLE, if I'm not mistaken. That's the thing. I, I just don't want WWE to be like, oh, well, we can only go to the horsewomen again and maybe Ronda. I love that they've expanded out into Bianca as a solidified top name, as Liv, with Liv as a solidified top name. You have to branch out. I think Bianca is an exception, though. She is just too exceptionally talented. She's just on a she's on a level of her own. Like if she was being sidelined, I think it would be like a huge mistake to do something like that with Bianca. I think Bianca is a little bit of an she's the exception. She's not the rule here. (laughs) Uh, That that is a a fair point. Uh, We've got Green Vega Club just saying bacon. And we've got mixtape saying respect for the Ducktales shirt, SRS. This sold me on S- on WWE again. Oh, I hope you mean my DuckTales shirt. I was going to say the DuckTales shirt. What? <laughs> said my house popped big for Bray. Solid show overall. Well, thank you. I spend my days going to thrift shops looking for graphic tees. Is that really what you do? I did that all weekend. I, I wow. went around and I bought like 10 vintage t-shirts. I don't um, think I know Sean outside of wrestling. I just know not. Sean, the wrestling guy, the dirt sheet boy. <laughs> There you go. Kylie says, GCW is fun. Extreme Rules was fun. Wrestling is great these days. Also, SRS, that shirt is awesome. I bought uh, an A Bug's Life shirt this weekend as well. I love A Bug's Life, yeah. Uh, but I, I have, I'm going to have some more news on GCW this week as well. We had more on uh, Moxley signing and what that meant on FightfulSelect.com. And uh, we had some news of... A wonderful woman by the name of Renee Paquette likely heading to AEW, FightfulSelect.com. But some of you might say, by God, Sean, I'm in Iran. I can't subscribe to that. It's blocked here. Oh, no. No, it's not. And neither is AEW Plus or the WWE Network or anything like that. When you use NordVPN.com slash Fightful, change your virtual location with just one click. Over the past six weeks i've been to la cleveland cincinnati louisville nashville i'll be in charlotte detroit toronto back to cincinnati and i'm using nordvpn.com slash fightful every step of the way why because i gotta make sure i catch all my shows sometimes they get geo-blocked based on your tv service also that airport and hotel wi-fi unsecured maybe dangerous don't want anybody getting access to your info. But even if you don't want anybody getting access to your info in general, block malware, block annoying pop-up ads, block online trackers with nordvpn.com slash Fightful and get four additional months free, plus a 30-day money-back guarantee in case you don't like it, but you're gonna. You are gonna end up saving money on nordvpn.com slash Fightful because you can buy pay-per-views at a much more affordable rate. You can watch AEW without commercials. You can get the old WWE Network back when you subscribe via Canada. I know you missed that old WWE Network. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Use it on all your devices. Check it out. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Sean Garner says, when do Sasha and Naomi return? And do you think Liv gets another title reign in the future or later this year? Not later this year. Uh, in the future, yes. I've not reported anything about Sasha and Naomi. Because quite frankly, I don't know anything about Sasha and Naomi. But when they headed out, Denise, I said, whoever arranges Sasha Banks's, uh, like, 
whoever her publicist is, whoever her agent is, whoever got her on Hot Ones, Good Mythical Morning, uh, Kevin Hart show. shows. But I mean, this is before then. I was like, oh. they're doing their job because they're getting her on things that like t- other top WWE people are not on. And since then, Denise, we've seen both Sasha and Naomi all over the place, especially in the fashion world. So. Do you think it's, it's like a good right. or a bad sign that you haven't heard anything new about Sasha and Naomi or anything that you could really report on, right? Anything I, think it's a, I, I think it's a good sign for them. But not for WWE. I don't think, it, unless they manage a signer, I don't think it's a good thing for WWE. The fact that they are in such demand, that's not good for WWE because they've got options. Off the top says, is Shayna someone that could challenge Ronda for the title? I feel like that would be a great feud and give Shayna some momentum. It would be, and I don't think that there would be a single feud that Ronda has had that she would be more motivated uh, by than that. I mean, Shayna Baszler introduced Ronda Rousey largely to pro wrestling when they lived together years and years ago. Like um, I've told this story before, like when they lived with Marina and Jessamyn Duke, uh, I had tried to talk Jessamyn Duke into be a pro, being a pro wrestler like four years before that. Uh, Marina met her husband via this group of people uh, because they all lived together. They they began to love pro wrestling uh, with one another because of Shayna. So I think that Ronda Rousey would would be very motivated. And that's More what motiv- you need too for her to get motivated and stay yeah. motivated. More uh, motivated than I am to talk about the cross drew mcintyre strap match like (laughs) you know what this should be they should go for the approach of gunther and sheamus with a strap because i know they were gonna do because these two guys are capable of it and anybody that doubts that they're capable of it go watch killer cross versus uh harry smith at Bloodsport a few years ago they beat the living shit out of each other these two guys can lay it in on each other Instead, I felt we got more of a sports entertainment match, and then we got a pepper spray spot at the end. This wasn't for me, Denise. And I I love all the ingredients involved here. I love Karrion Cross. I like Scarlet. I like Drew McIntyre. And I like strap matches. I like the concept of them. But this wasn't it for me, especially now that they don't got to touch the damn top turnbuckles with the strap. Oh, but uh, how'd you feel? I'll be real with you. This match was kind of what I was expecting. I thought along the same lines of you, of you where they should have been like Gunther Sheamus, but it ended up being what you expected from this. Where, how do I say this? I think that they should have laid it in a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It felt like there were some exchanges where I felt like Drew McIntyre was just a little bit outshining Cross with the strap hitting. He was just doing it a lot harder. There was a moment where we finally saw Cross like kind of like really get fired up, but it wasn't, it was weird. It was like they had certain moments that were good in this match, but the entirety of it just didn't connect. Like it didn't have all the other ingredients to really make this into a blowout moment. And here's the thing with Cross is that personally, I think that there has been a lot that has been falling flat for him still on the main roster, even with this uh, new iteration of it, there still is, it's just still not connecting with people. And so I thought I I rather hoped that this match would be the one to finally uh, for us to see cross in a different light, you know, in a light that I think was uh, that could have been a little bit more entertaining, but I don't think we necessarily got that. And I said this as a joke on Friday, I, I said, 
Scarlett is technically a bigger uh, threat to Drew McIntyre than Karen yeah. Cross is because when she got him with that fireball, she low blowed him. And then lo and behold, she's the one with the pepper spray who gets uh, Drew McIntyre in the eyes. Uh, I did love, though, how Karen Cross afterwards, even though he won the match, he was like, you know, ah, oh, my eyes, this and that. Um, I didn't hate the pepper spray spot. And I think more so I didn't hate it because I was like, all right, I know Karen Cross needs to win this match. Let's be real. He really needed this victory, but I knew that it wasn't going to happen in a way that made Drew McIntyre, um, you know, it, it wasn't going to happen in a clean way for Karrion Cross. I knew something like this had to happen, and the it was all there with the fireball. That should have been our first indicator that Scarlett was going to get involved in this match as well. I want to see the Karrion Cross that I saw against Finn Balor, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Johnny Gargano, Santos Escobar, and that no DQ match. Like that no DQ match with Santos Escobar was one of my favorite things on NXT all year. It was such a blast. Even the stuff he has to do with Samoa Joe for a bit. That yeah. was good too on NXT. Yeah, and I know he's capable of that. Um, I like the new look and all that stuff. I think it'll come together, but... I think it needs a little bit more gel for, for, the, for the hair because it was all over the place during the match. <laughs> Just a we little got, bit more gel. <laughs> Cyclops says, Darkwing Duck is greater than DuckTales. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I couldn't find a Darkwing Duck shirt. Uh, Orlando says, Sasha was mentioned in the pay-per-view several times. Only time will tell with her return. Yeah, but Jack Swagger was mentioned too. So... There you go. Joel Wood says, given that Dakota, EO, Johnny, and Candace's return came virtually out of nowhere, I'm convinced that in the Triple H era, we won't hear about Sasha and Naomi until they walk out of the curtain. Um, I mean, I guess um, those four did. I heard about Candace's just before, but I didn't have enough time to draft up a story. Like, what good it, would, would it have been if I drafted up a story spoiling it like 30 seconds before it happened? But Karrion Cross hit row. Like we we knew about those, we knew about Braun. Like we've, I would say about 70 percent of these returns have been reported. Well, we had a ladder match: Bianca Belair versus Bailey. FightfulSelect.com reported an interesting note on on the the contract signing this week. Like one of the mandates was only eight to ten foot ladders. I don't know why they mandated that, but whoever props their ladders. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. This match was great. Bianca was such a star. But I always hate it because no matter who is in a ladder match, Denise, they got to deal with just janky ladders that barely work, that when you fold them open and close, that one of the legs are going to break off of them every single time. And at least Corey was there to cover for them. But I thought that Bianca Belair looked like such a magnificent star on it like in this match i thought that she she did incredibly well that double kod was just really everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Really good. Um, what did you think about this one? So this was my match that I was like in anticipation for. This was the one that I was most excited to see. Like this was, you know, 
you know, my, my, my pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. This is what I was yeah. waiting for. I was so excited for this match. And uh, when that happens, you know, obviously your expectations tend to get maybe just a little bit unrealistic or whatever, right? But that being said, I feel that Bianca and that Bailey definitely met my expectations for this match, considering how much I'd had hyped it up previously in my own head. And I, I went into this thinking, man, I don't know which direction they're going to really go with this. And I was kind of torn whether it was going to be Bianca or Bailey, but I decided to go with Bianca because this is why Bianca has had a lot of really great firsts. She's had a lot of really good big moments. And for her to get this win in this ladder match, I thought would have been really just like, pivotal to the story that uh, rather to the the the, per, the competitor that Bianca Belair is and so I was like okay I'm gonna go with Bianca Belair I can see her retaining this match and a lot of people were like it's gonna be Bailey it's gonna be Bailey it's gonna be Bailey and I had I even second guessed myself here but I will say this I freaking love that Bianca got the win in this match because it just felt more special again adding to the stuff that she's already done uh you know all the little things that she's uh un unlocked that she's accomplished in WWE. With that being said, uh, there was a lot of really great moments in this. In particular, some of the ones that really stood out to me were obviously that double KOD. It wasn't perfect by any means, but like, damn, come on. She was lifting up it. two women. I think yeah. the one thing, though, that if they would have just taken like a couple seconds more and she made of uh, she was just so close to the ropes that I think that's what made it not look per perfectly. But it worked out, though, because I don't think that. When you have two women on top of your shoulders, I don't think it had to be executed perfectly because the point is like, dude, she's lifting up two women right now and, you know, doing this move. The finish, I loved the finish. I loved Thank the you. finish with the uh, with Bailey holding the ladder and hair doing the KOD, like literally, God, like smashing the face of Bailey. Obviously, that was supposed to be the big way to take her out. And if you're going to have Bailey lose, it's got to be in a fashion this dramatic. It almost reminded me a little bit of uh, what Masha and Jordan Grace did. What an incredible right? match they exactly. had. Oh, my God. You, you guys got to go out of your way to watch Jordan Grace and Masha from this weekend. But like what she did there with Jordan Grace basically taking out Masha Slamovich in a way that had to be believable for Masha Slamovich, right? I kind of saw a little bit of similarities in the way that uh, Bianca Belair essentially defeated Bailey by taking her out with that KOD uh, with the usage of the ladder to make it thus a little bit more dramatic. So I kind of noticed those two little correlations there. But um, honestly, I love this match. Met my expectations. Happy Bianca got the win. I just think that it works for her. And I know a lot of people were bummed that it wasn't Bailey, but you know her time is going to come. We're in no rush. There's still so much she, more that they I mean, can do here. She had a year plus run as well. Uh, KE775 says, do you think Bianca and Bailey run it back or do they start to build to war games? Also, why were Braun and Nikita there? Seemed random. Uh, FightfulSelect.com reported tonight that Braun and Nikita were just there to, to promote the show. Uh, that way, people who are watching that pay-per-view go, oh, who are they? Maybe I'll watch them Tuesday. That was about it. I thought it was interesting. It makes sense to have Braun Breaker there, but I yeah. thought it was a little bit of an interesting choice to have Nikita there. I kind of felt like maybe it was a sign of something. No, it's just to draw in some casuals. That's about it. I think they're going to build to war games now, though, unless they have them run it back in Saudi. DC's biggest fan says, I can't be the only one that heard Bailey say, who sucks on dick when she is taunting a fan? 
Yeah, I think that I think I didn't hear that. I heard I thought I heard her say who sucks, but I didn't hear the rest of that. Yeah, I did. But I was I didn't hear it so clearly, so I didn't make a comment of it. I thought I just heard it. Shy Town says, Where do damage control go from here? I'd say they'll build to, to war games. And Jam Beard says, Bailey wearing Sarah on her wrist tape. Absolutely. Uh, we want to send our, our love uh, and our condolences to the friends, the, the family, the, the friends of Sarah Lee. Um, I had very limited interactions with her, but man, she was she was nothing but wonderful. And if you go back and watch that tough enough season, you'll see how charming she was. I mean, she blew away the competition and the fan vote and, and a lot of that stuff. And there's still a lot of active WWE wrestlers that that were very connected to her because she was she's married to the former Wesley Blake and they had three kids. And I heard nothing but good things about her like. And again, she's still very connected. I mean, she was on that season with with Mandy and Sonya Deville. Uh, she had matches with Liv Morgan. She was practically married to to Aaliyah in the ring. Like I think I think once Sarah wrestled in NXT, I think Aaliyah was in every single match except for one that she did, and then she had some matches with uh, Liv Morgan as well. So I mean, there's there's still a, a great connection to her from that roster. So. That was that was felt throughout the industry, and uh, man, it's it's very wonderful to see that fans and wrestlers raised a hundred thousand dollars for that family because Wesley Blake is left with three children, and he has not been wrestling that much this year. Like he's been, yeah, it's just um, it, it's it's sad to see, but it's also heartwarming to see that wrestlers raised like her her colleagues and contemporaries and people that that knew and loved her raised like over half of that themselves. Like you saw Tony Khan donate a thousand dollars and the Steens donating a couple thousand dollars and just tons of wrestlers just giving to this family. So um, give if you can. This is uh, an unspeakable loss. It's very heartbreaking, but glad that, that she's being shown some love as well. And we, we send our love for sure. Uh, JM says some people think Bianca is the female Cena. Sounds good to me. Sounds like sounds awesome if she is. Um, hey, bro, it's Brad said the show had two instances of factions. Uh, by the way, guys, I, I sorry, I, I don't think we need to play semantics over how much somebody donated. I get it. Um, hey, bro, it's Brad said the show had two instances of factions waiting until halfway through a no DQ match before they interfered. It's the dumbest thing in wrestling, in my opinion, either cheat from the start or stipulate they can't show up. Took me out of both matches. I do understand that it's like, it's like, it is a gap in logic. I need a reason why they waited, but also it's wrestling. I don't care that much. It's, it's fake. And Simmons says cross looked weak. So real to me, damn it. Yeah. And Simmons says cross looked weak with that finish, which doesn't help for the character. He's already stale. He's needed a dominant sinister win. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that either. And I hope that he'll, he'll get it. Uh, TGO says Michael Cole sounded like he had fun calling matches tonight. The latter was classic. I want them to do a series of WWE first time women's matches just to get Bianca and Bailey to run it back. There's a whole lot of matches they haven't done for women yet. And I I say this a lot, Denise. Like there, there's a lot of fresh storylines that just with a, a change of gender, like stories that might have been done to death with men, 
But with women, there's a completely different approach that it takes because of that dynamic that they can do. Are there any first-time matches that you would love to see done with women? I just want to see, like, have they already – I want to see more uh, – I would love to see more women involved. Like, I mean, you can say the same thing with, like, they've already technically done it with, like, the money in the bank and stuff. Sure. But I would still like to see more of that, you know, the ladder match stuff with the women. I think that's something that they just have to keep doing. I want to see more um, – how do I say this? More extreme stuff with the women, more hardcore right. stuff, you know, uh, more of like what you saw with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, like more of that across the board is something that I definitely want to see. Um, I think that's kind of where I'm at with that. We had the I quit match edge versus Finn Balor FightfulSelect.com reported that it was going to be one of the longest matches of the night. <laughs> I saw that. Sean, and when I yeah. saw that, I thought, no. And and based on, like, originally the main event was supposed to get a lot of time, too. Um, it did not. So uh, based on what I saw originally, Ronda and Liv were supposed to get the least amount of time. And then the, the last two matches were supposed to get a lot of time. And then everything else is going to kind of fall in the middle. But it got all jumbled up. Like, it got all mixed up to where the main event ended up getting, like, a third most. All that stuff. Almost fourth most. But um, it was, yeah, it, it definitely did. And, like, the first 60% of this, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Entertaining to some degree, but... Like, I don't know why just since Edge came back, he's like, let me do these half-hour matches. All the time. A half-hour matches. King of the North says, I was asleep for 20 minutes of this. That's the thing. Like, Edge was my favorite wrestler ever, like, like 20 years ago. And I don't remember, like, all these epics and and I, I mean, I remember the Orton matches going like way too long and I, these just don't need to go that long. This would have been great at like 18 to 20 minutes, Denise. How long was it? It was 30 minutes. It was 29, 39 plus, you know, the entrances and the aftermath and all that. And um, I mean, I, listen, I would imagine, and this is just me speaking for myself, if I had missed 10 years, and I didn't think I'd ever be able to bump again. You know what? Maybe I'd be saying, let me go out there and wrestle for 30 minutes. And if Edge says that, you say, all right, brother, have fun. Here's your 30. Go for it. So I get it. Like, WWE's going to give him probably what he wants. Uh, King of the North says, I had to break out the Dave Water Torture tweet, tweet from, from the Orton match. But I also think that from an entertainment standpoint, I would have enjoyed it about eight to 10 minutes less. Yes. Agreed. I think there was a lot in the beginning that they could have trimmed down. I think they could have gotten the, the post-match stuff could have been trimmed down too. Um, I, 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 I loved Beth coming out. I love yeah, Beth coming yeah. out there. That's you got to do Beth and Rhea one night at WrestleMania. Just do it for the love of God. So I think the thing here was, I, I swear, the second I saw your report that said that they were going to get a good amount of time, I knew what I was in store for. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I do not recall one edge match that went a long time that I legitimately enjoyed. I may have tried to force myself, but uh, in the, <laughs> and I've tried to force myself because I'm like, OK, whatever. Right. But I feel bad to say that. But the long matches 
uh, that edge does just don't go over so well in the sense that it feels like a drag. And again, man's coming back after uh, a career threatening injury, but like, Respect. Uh, j- just to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 30, 33 with Roman, down. 33 with Roman, 21 with Rollins, 24 with Rollins, 27 with Rollins. What about um, with the Orton? I remember those lasting like at least two days. Uh, 36 and 45 with Orton. Yeah. Um, then, then 25 with AJ. So, I mean, like these are very, very like He ain't, he ain't coming to wrestle like eight to 10 minutes, but I mean, even then 20 would have been fine. But then when things picked up, I really loved it. Like, so things picked up though. Like that's the thing. Like it got good when they were fighting out in the crowd and they were doing all that stuff there. All of that was great. Right. Like I love when they were, you know, fighting on the pre-show commentary table and everything that they did, all of that. But then the second they came back into the ring, it was boring again. And so it was one of those things where I feel like they needed the bells and whistles for this, to be honest. So, so somebody says, gripping emotional stakes in an I Quit match. Denise is like, I'm so bored. What stakes were there? What stakes were there? I don't know of any stakes in this match. I, I care about Edge. But I mean, like, there weren't stakes in this until beth phoenix was being threatened towards the end that's where the stakes picked up and that was at the very end so that's what ends up happening we get the beth Rhea face off it's dope k775 says is Rhea cleared to wrestle again if she's physical then she's cleared orlando says give us beth Rhea. i enjoyed the i quit match i enjoyed it in totality as well i like because i again i knew what i was getting into i saw the run sheet i saw how long this match was getting I was like, ah, all right, brother. Uh, there we go. But um, you've got Broadway Joe saying, since Edge retired, Omega and Okada made Epics famous. Feels like Edge wants to be in that combo since he returned, and it's just not working. Well, I mean, you can find people that loved all those matches is the thing. I mean, there are people like, there are people that think that this match was incredible, and that's that's great. Good for them. More power to you. I enjoyed it. I just feel like I would have I would have probably been raving about this match with a little less time. Oh, yeah. A shock says that is the stakes I'm talking about. And I was joking. Also, here's the thing, too, is that the stuff with, uh, you know, the I loved I did like the part where uh, Beth Phoenix was basically the reason he quit was because Beth Phoenix was about to get the concerto, etc. But that is a trope that has been done before. Yes, so it's seen not it over and over. Exactly. So it's almost like that's the go to, right? Like you could only ever quit because, you know, this is going to happen to your wife, right? So I get it. It's I mean, still it's an easy thing to get into, but it's something that's been done before many times. We've kind of seen it with Edge too, with, with Rollins, like a while back. Like we, we've seen you know, him be threatened, like where Rollins was stepping on his neck and all that before, before he came back. Dream Ninja says, great show. Only the strap match I didn't like. Pop for Beth Rhea was insane. Great return. Well well done. Bianca Bailey and opener are my favorites. Jambeard says, did you see the tweet of Louie calling Philly Boston when he was talking about the Balor Edge match? No. Stop picking on Louie Dangor. Hush Zoo says, Finn and Edge had match of the night. Do you think Ray versus Dominic will be stalled until Mania? What was your guys' favorite match tonight? Will Ray be solo or possibly a new faction? Denise? 
If so, they no, hold on. If they extend Ray versus fucking Dominic for six, six more months, I will have a literal cow. October, November, December, January, February, March. Yes, six months. There ain't no chance. Triple H, you better not. Do it, Triple H. I want to see you have a cow. Broadway Joe says, Rhea, you taught us too well line before CTing Beth was cold. That was a great line. Also, like I'm glad that they still, the concerto spot was phenomenal. It looked brutal. They Everything looked great. All of that. I like that they did do that, though, because uh, let's be real. Like, the Judgment Day is supposed to be a threat. And up until this point, all they've really managed to do is convince Dominic to leave his dad and go with Rhea Ripley. So there really isn't too much there of them being a threat. Today, they actually presented them like a threat. And even after Edge quit and all of that, they still went ahead and did the concerto on Beth. So for me, I feel like this did, uh, the ending did give, you know, some good substance over to the Judgment Day for sure. And they they desperately needed it, I think. We got Hush Zoo saying Finn and Edge... Had match of the night. Do you think oh, we already read that one? Louise! Thank you for being a good moderator, Louise. Shauna says, Give me women's TLC match with singles or tag teams. I think these women's would hit it out of the park. We we did have that once. I believe the um Becky and Charlotte versus Asuka and Kyrie match at TLC a couple years ago. Joel says, Ronda versus Shayna in the fight pit is a match I want to see. That does sound a lot of fun. All I'm saying, what's wrong with having a cow? Cows are great. They are great. Tim Traver, big thank you for the super chat. Says, hey, Sean and uh, Denise, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. Want to say goodnight to you all. I'm going to breakfast with someone tomorrow morning. Hey, man, have a good morning. We love you, buddy. Check out the Diecast Collective. Our friend Tim Traver does it. He says, this is my last big super chat for a while. Good night, everyone. Buddy, you have been so generous to us with these super chats tonight. Thank you so much. Um, and everybody shout out our friend Tim Traver in the chat. He's just a wonderful dude. Sending love to him and his dad. Joel Wood says, I want them to extend it six more months with Ray and Dominic with constant contact every week to see how long or it takes Sean to be the one to say, I quit. I could. I would make it a month, maybe. I would make it maybe a month. <laughs> I am so over this already. That said, now I'm rooting for it. I, I want to see, see this play out till WrestleMania. I watched this story with Kane and the Undertaker, except <laughs> they could shoot lightning bolts and set shit on fire. If they, But Undertaker wouldn't beat up his brother, right? At least that was cool. Well, I wonder when Rey Mysterio's finally going to give up and actually teach Dominic a lesson. I don't we'll know. See. But um, do you, do you think that Matt Riddle likes his green, Denise? I think he loves his greens. I do too. And he makes sure that he gets them. With athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. One scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, mineral, whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. Support energy and focus, aid with gut health and digestion, support a healthy immune system. You want to drink your multivitamin, you don't want to take a tablet, but I'll give you a little story. I was uh, I was cutting back my caffeine lately, 
not drinking all the energy drinks and all that. Been keeping my energy up with athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. It really, really helps out. It's got dairy-free probiotics, vitamins and minerals, adaptogens and antioxidants, a superfood complex, and digestive enzymes that will really help you out. And Use our link. Get one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. I take these little packets everywhere I travel, dip them in my water, Shake it up. I'm good to go. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Good for everyone. And they change their formula every few months with science. That way you're getting the best possible product. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Nick Rose says, I think Randy Orton will return soon and join Edge Against the Judgment Day. I wouldn't count on it, Nick Rose. But we got Riddle versus Rollins in the fight pit. There was good. There was bad. As far as production goes, I thought it looked amazing. It looked so cool in front of a main roster crowd. Unfortunately, you can't see shit. And you can tell because the crowd was a little bit like not too invested. They were chanting, we won Wyatt. Got to take some tips from MMA promotions that have done this for years and years and years. Mount cameras. Have a guy hanging up somewhere that that is equipped to run that camera. It was very, very difficult to see. Still, there were some very good moments here. Daniel Cormier, let me tell you, somebody I asked somebody if Daniel Cormier was going to wrestle anytime soon. They said he's going to have to get into shape. Uh, He he was still imposing his will, so to speak. I like that they utilized this for the first fight pit. He's a big fan. It made sense, Uh, but. The spot was the riddle Broton bomb. That was incredible. You had Rollins with the RVD tributes, so to speak. Uh, and Riddle selling his ass off to the point where people think he's injured. Uh, I think he's just selling his ass off and doing great. But Riddle gets the win. Do you think that this undoes the wins that Rollins had? Like, does it sort of undermine those? Or do you think that this is enough of Riddle's match type to where it kind of justifies that. It's like, okay, well, this is his environment, and that explains it. The latter, because he took that big uh, risk by doing that broton, and him basically going out there and risking his entire body to get the win, I think is what makes it like his match, right? Like, that's exactly what it does. So I don't think this takes away from any of the previous wins that Seth Rollins has gotten. Um, But as for the match itself, though, I personally... I don't think it met the expectations that I had built up inside my head for this. I think this match could have been a lot better because oh, aside from it. that, aside from that one spot and then uh, Seth Rollins going in and then, uh, you know, running Matt Riddle's back right into the steel cage. Besides that, that was really the only stuff that I really thought was memorable from it. Everything else kind of just felt like it was there. Uh, I would have liked to see them utilize the fight pit a little bit more and the structure itself. Like when they were, you know, doing everything that they were doing with that, like chain thing. I thought that was cool. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. I think had this, I actually would have liked to see this match go longer. Like this, I would have preferred to see this match go longer than the edge uh, Finn Balor match just because I think there was still more that you could play with in regards to the fight pit uh, for this match itself. Uh, also, Riddle slammed the hell out of, or Roll, yeah, Rollins slammed the hell out of Riddle into that cage. I love this match. I like um, I like 
fight pit matches an awful lot. I like the style, and I thought that Rollins killed it there. My match of the night was the opener, but I thought there was a lot of good wrestling on this. But so much of it was overshadowed by what was to come. Bray Wyatt's back. As reported by FightfulSelect.com. We posted a little bit of a spoiler earlier this evening. We posted last week that Extreme Rules was the reveal. But a couple months ago, Denise, as soon as the Triple H regime took over, I started getting tips. And uh, one of the first things we reported is that he was much more likely to sign with WWE now because of his contentious relationship with Vince McMahon. I'll expand on that a lot more on Fightful Select this week. Uh, Mark my words, we are going to have the most Bray Wyatt news of anybody else on FightfulSelect.com. So go ahead and subscribe. It's just $5. Before we get into that, K775 says, think Rollins beats Lashley on Monday. Yeah, I do. I do think he does. And Jordan Scott says, you know, Ray and Dom are going to go through the holidays, Sean. Imagine Thanksgiving and Christmas segments. Okay, I do want to see that. That's, you that, got it, right? That's Bring the whole fun. family and have them do their Thanksgiving dinner at Raw. <laughs> yes. Um, so they did the fake out, Denise. Triple H loves to do the fake out. Here's the graphic. I fell for it. I was like, so when stuff like this happens, I find out what sources are good and which ones I can flush out, right? Like that's that's the good and bad of this. Had some people that were very, very much like Bray is coming back tonight right after Riddle wins. Okay. Well, I know these people are good now, but when that graphic hit, I said, are they full of shit? (laughs) Well, they weren't. Uh, Joel Wood says, considering I've watched every Triple H-led takeover, I can't believe he fooled me again with a logo in the corner thinking the show was going off the air. I should have known better. Joe Coughlin says, uh, WWE with the awesome fake out showing the title card before the stadium went black. Fake out for those without Fightful Select anyway. And Dick the Cock Johnson says Hunter and his damn end credits. Incredible return. Hey, it's that post credit scene. They're so popular. Well, the lights go out, Denise. And I love the fake out. It was brilliant. But the lights go out. And keep in mind, fans enchanted, we want Wyatt during the match. During a good match. On a good pay-per-view, uh, first time uh, type of match in on the main roster with a with a hot angle, they wanted to see Wyatt, and boy did he show up! Uh, and Ryan Bolding with a huge super chat, big thank you says WWE gave me about eighteen seizures at the end, but I woke up immediately, stopped my dry heaving, and proceeded to pop for Bray Wyatt. Well, Denise, a lot of people pop for Bray Wyatt. Hopefully, a lot of people did not have seizures over Bray Wyatt. Uh, if that's serious, I hope you're doing all right. But the puppets came to life. They would go in and out of like a, a an abandoned, like, not Firefly Funhouse, but the Funhouse. And we see Bray Wyatt with a new mask, and he takes it off. But we saw his puppets come to life. I thought this was cheesy in the best type of way. It popped the people that it needed to pop. The people who were going to be excited about this are absolutely excited about this. I don't think that anybody that was coming into this looking for Bray Wyatt and being like, oh, I can't wait, looked at that stuff, which admittedly I did think was a little cheesy. But it worked. It it got the reactions. It popped. Because each one you're like, is that Bray? Is that That's Bray? That's what I thought, yeah. Is that Bray? 
And then unmistakably at the end, it's Bray. And I, I hope it stays rooted in creepy realism, but we've got an awful lot of people that want to talk about this. But what'd you think? So I love the fake out so much because I had the reaction of, are you freaking kidding me? We're going to end the show without anything happening. How could they do this? It's going to be terrible. And then the second the lights went out, I said, oh, okay. They're just pretending like they don't know we're off the air, this and that. Uh, when the puppets were coming through the little tunnels and all of that, I um I thought all of them were, for I was like, oh yeah, that's Bray. Oh, no, that's Bray. Oh, no, that one's Bray. And then at one point, I'm like, okay, at some point, this is going to end, right? Like, they've already shown so many of the puppets. Um, And then when they showed the abandoned uh, Firefly Funhouse, I love that. I thought it looked so cool, so creepy. Like, the, it was just, so, you know, a memory of what something once was, right? And then finally, you know, the reaction that he got was stupendous. Like, that is a star reaction that he got when he walked through that little door uh i mean people lost their freaking mind so that was great it definitely worked for what they were doing there i'm you know that's the thing like about you know the bray wyatt character always like starts off like things always start off really hot for him and then you know then eventually things would get like once once like the idea it's like the, the, they didn't know how to continue it right like some of the ideas would fall short like it just didn't work out they, so they, they constantly fumbled it they constantly fumbled it and it would be on that guy to constantly come up with something new to get over now they hired as reported by fightfulselect.com this week a director of long-term creative who just so happened last year Denise to have pitched a fiend movie to Nick Khan and apparently it went over well. A, a Marvel writer, a horror writer, somebody who can at least hopefully help make sense of some of this. And that's what I'm hopeful for. Keep it rooted in realism. Leave some of the lore out of it and keep him away from the goddamn title. This guy does not need the title belt for a long time. They got all all hot in their pants when the people reacted to the fiend and they said, damn title immediately. And they booked themselves into a corner to the point to where it was one of the worst booked six months of main top title stuff I've seen in WWE history. But we have a lot of super chats to get into. I do want to say one thing though. Now Why? that, you know, Triple H is in charge, I really mm -hmm. do hope that they let, because we know Bray's a creative guy, right? Like yes. let him maybe take some of those ideas that he has and actually maybe run with those ideas versus, you know, having Vince, obviously Vince is not there anymore, but, you know, have Vince turn it into whatever Vince did. Uh, let maybe let a little bit more of Bray's input into this. Get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. We've got plenty of them, but please leave a thumbs up on this video. We got over 3,500 of you guys watching. I would love to get a thousand thumbs up on this by the time we're off the air. We're about halfway there. Apex says, I'm probably one of the few that like The Fiend. Oh, no, buddy. A lot of people like The Fiend. Better return. MJF or Bray, both were epic. Um, I think they're so different to compare, but I'm going to go with MJF just because of the story. Yeah, I, I got to go with that. But um, I think in the w it depends on which way you lean, WWE or AEW. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It really does. Uh, Sofa says, Michael Cole with the Are We Still in the Airline? Also cheesy, but I loved it. I loved yeah. it. 
Uh, our boy Drew Nicholas says, my trip to Philly was worth it. Being in the building was one of the most special and creepy things ever. Jesse says, I got goosebumps from everyone in the fun house to the, in the crowd seeing The Fiend, even if it wasn't a full return. I'm glad he's back. Lots of accounts like this. John Alba, who um, was there live, spoke of it as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I it's it's good that this paid off for people because – this is a very dedicated, uh, dedicated fan base. DNC says, is it possible Nikita, Braun, and Gacy were there to throw people off and pull double duty dressed as brace puppets? No. <laughs> Orlando says, this was a great event tonight. Happy for a Bray return. A lot of people are, and that's what I love. Like For everybody that says, oh, well, the, the dirt sheets rely on negativity. Buddy, I wish I could just report positivity because on our post shows, by far, we get more engagement on positive stuff. And that's what I like. Ryan says, think they sacrificed in-ring work for storytelling a bit, largely successful, good stories throughout, well-paced, good uh, psychology, strong return for Bray. I think the in-ring was there, Ryan, I, I, but they, de they definitely leaned in the entertainment aspect, if that's what you mean. <clears throat> in Simmons says, love seeing Bray come back as classic, but new Bray, the fiend was just a way to, uh, way too complicated for its own good. I love it wasn't The Fiend. He was okay, but Swamp Bray was the one. I agree. Swamp Bray was the best, but I would like to see an amalgamation because he got almost all of them over. Besides that one where he was just sitting in the back in a smoky room talking nonsense forever, almost everything got over. <laughs> Broadway Joe says, overall, the show was fine, C plus or B minus, but as a creepy old man once said, all they remember is the finish, pal. Denise, what, what letter grade would you give this show? Oh, I've never done letter grades. I would probably give it a B plus. Or okay. maybe a B. It's pretty good. Yeah, think I think they had a nice balance of entertainment and yeah. obviously wrestling. Nice Carlos, little balance. Carlos says, do you think Bray will still use The Fiend? I think here and there, when it calls for it, I think he'll do that. Omar says, Bray has to beat Roman for at least the blue championship. I don't think so. Not right now. Is Bray on Raw or on SmackDown? I'm working to find out. I don't think it matters. I think he'll be wherever the hell he wants. Daniel says, do you think Alexa and Bray work together again? Eventually, yes, for sure. Mr. CJ Lilly says, if you can't like what Bray did tonight, you're so wrong. Alexa just responded, hello, old friend. She's gone private again to prevent any BS coming her way from the clowns that always come for her. I was going to say, why is anyone coming for Alexa Bliss? So like, what stupid. the hell I mean, did she why, do? Why wouldn't she bring that up? Why? I mean, she still uses Lily for the love of God. The merch sales are incredible for it. If I were her, I'd get whatever amount of buzz I could off of Bray Wyatt coming back. Absolutely. And she's like sort of had direction, but she wasn't there tonight. So how much direction has she really had? If I were her, I'd be like, how can I, can, how can I get involved with this again? Like, yeah. why, why wouldn't she? So um, I hope that if they do it, it makes sense. I would love if he had a faction. And Isaiah Barry says, who would you have as the other five in the Wyatt Six? Cross, Scarlet, Braun, Alexa, and so Bray would be one of them. And then somebody else. But I think that's sort of, I think Bray can bring them together. And I think especially anything like that will have a family aspect to it. I think having multiple women a part of it would be good. Maybe Rowan pops back up or something like that. That could make a lot of sense too. Yeah, and I think it could definitely help uh, 
you know, with Braun, because right now he's sort of doing the exact same thing. We've already talked about Cross endlessly, so I do think that he could benefit from this. Uh, obviously, Alexa, they already have the history. Uh, and then for whoever else they throw in there, you know, you could Bo Dallas, do something different. Bo right? Dallas coming back would make a lot of sense. Um, Trent says, Abigail is Liv. Mercy is Corbin for sure. He wears the same shirts. Uh, <laughs> Rabbit is Dijakovic. Fiend mask is Bo. Huskus is, I don't know, somebody with a gut. <laughs> Flame Inc. says, does Bray have a faction of his own now? I'm not really sure what that was all about. Is Riddle hurt? Look very painful. I don't think he's hurt, I'll ask. But I hope he has a faction because Bray with the faction has always been best for me. And SAS says, are the puppets coming back to life going to be wrestlers a part of his faction? That would be I a thing, honestly. I think it has to be because why else would they come like, fully you know with the body and everything so it feels like they would have to because then if not what was the the point of that other yeah. than just presentation well, obviously presentation but there's got to be something to that i'm getting some like recountings from john alba who was there and he's covered march madness nba playoffs and says that it's by far the loudest arena reaction he's ever heard anything in person and he's covered like like some, some really high profile stuff uh, by the way, guys, John Alba, a free agent. Uh, I would recommend him for anybody looking to to bring somebody onto their team. But Eddie McMax says, thought the way they brought up back Bray was magical. What a way to end the pay-per-view. Triple H keeps stacking up W's. Booker of the year, no BS. As, as they once said, Denise, what are they going to do when they run out of pops? I don't know. That's a joke. Uh, they oh. said that about AEW and they still get pops. But Oh, Michael I Lewis says, we'll never be able to feel that again. Amazing. Bill Wood says, he didn't attack anyone, so the mystery is still there. Do you think he comes back as a heel or a baby face? I think he comes back in the middle. Whatever you want to be, just be. If you like him, cool. If you don't, whatever. Don't force anything. He attacks anybody, everybody, doesn't matter. Let him, let him Just let him go wild. Michael Lewis says three faces of Foley. I would love that. That to me, that's a down the line thing. To me, we we see whatever he is now, and he's like, this is what I am now. And eventually, he's pushed that way. Apex says Hillbilly Wyatt for normal feud, Fiend for big ones. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually we do get Fiend versus Demon Balor, like legitimately in the future, which would be cool. Shazzy Boy says, do you think Wyatt will be similar to Foley and show up in the different faces? Like he like fiend himself and others to me, they it's too much of a success story to not eventually do. Yeah. Plus you got to come up with, you know, keep, you got to bring like a new version of what we were seeing before. So there's got to be some sort of changes, you know, or just like little things that are different. Absolutely. Jam beard says already seeing online, that the four puppet fiend and a Bray are the new family, AKA Wyatt six, because there's six of them now. I don't know. Maybe there will be less. Maybe there will be more. Maybe, Denise, they're going to need to shave a few off. Well, I've got a recommendation for them. Manscaped.com code Fightful. Get a great deal. 20% off plus free shipping with Manscaped.com and the code Fightful. And it's not just their great lawnmower 4.0, which gives you a, a great, safe, shave down there but they got all kinds of liquid formulations for the bathroom from body wash to ball toner to crop reviver 
crop mop, all that good stuff at manscaped.com slash Fightful or manscaped.com and the code Fightful. Reminder, you get a great deal. They've got packages as well. Like, I mean, packages for your packages that take care of your packages. Maybe you want to smooth away your, I, I don't know, your nutsack. That's what manscaped.com does. And the code Fightful makes sure that you got those fall balls taken care of. Get you a couple of good-looking pumpkins without smashing them. Thanks to Manscaped.com and the code Fightful. And again, they are all over your bathroom. Like if, if they've, they've got foot deodorant for the love of God. They've got ear and nose hair trimmers. They've got boxers. They've got lights on their, their lawnmower for the love of God. They got cologne for you, not your balls. But I mean, they can make your balls smell good too. Manscaped.com and the code Fightful. Kim Gray says, if you could have seen the sheer joy of, on the face of my son, Bo, during Bray's return, that was epic. He smiled and said, he's finally back. I'm so happy. So we've gotten a number of Super Chats and Humper Chats from Kim over the last few weeks where she said that like her kid loves to decode this stuff. And that's something that's pretty cool because a lot of these fans, especially younger fans, are like forever going to have that connection, Denise, with Bray because of that, because they're going to remember doing this. They're going to remember this moment. And for some kids, this will be their first impression of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Michael Lewis says this felt like killing off the fun house. Did you think it was that? No, I actually felt like they were reminding us where he came from, like, or what he was doing prior to, you know, his departure. Uh, I didn't feel like it was a goodbye because why would you show it if it's a goodbye? Yeah, that's a fair point. Jane Beard says, for the love of God, keep Bray far away from Alexa Bliss as possible. Keep them on separate shows. I don't care. Fair. N. Simmons says, the Fiend, Bray versus the Demon. Finn, both have factions, just feud. But those two barely fight one match against each other until Mania, where it's Fiend versus the Demon. I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. I just don't know if I want the Fiend or, or Bray Wyatt associated with Judgment Day with some of the promos that they cut. No, definitely not. Definitely not. It would just look too... I think it would cheapen the thing, the act, you know? Um, Daniel Brown says, would love to see Rowan and Braun join Wyatt again in a faction, eventually lead to a bloodline Wyatt feud. Also, thanks, Fightful. 99% of the time I see the tagline, I immediately <laughs> turn off. Uh, but do you think they could they could go against the bloodline? Have who go up against the bloodline? Wyatt's the Wyatt's. Oh yeah, sick. for sure, for sure. Like within just a couple of, uh, you know, obviously we still have to find out like who's with him. But I feel like once we know all of the details and just based on hype alone, like just based off hype alone, yes. And based on the fact yeah. that there's nothing else left for the like really going on with the bloodline right now, aside from the stuff with Sami Zayn, yes, the story needs it. And again, based on the hype, yes. Michael Lewis says he showed the EOW on Funhouse and chainsawed him. And Broadway Joe says Bray plus a comic uh, horror movie writer with no vents. This is going to be remembered forever. Whether positive or negative is still TBD. From what I understand, they have a really good relationship and a very good rapport that continued after Bray's release as well. So that's promising. 
Uh, you gotta gotta feel like one has something to do with the other being there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Schmall says I've gone to two pay per views: Extreme Rules 2018 and tonight. I left in 2018, 30 minutes early. I did not tonight. It's insane how much trips has me invested in a company I haven't watched in years. I had somebody hit me up and say, so I can't leave early tonight, can I? And I said, no, you cannot. But you guys stayed here through the whole thing. We are still live. If, if you're live right now, we're still live over on FightfulSelect.com for Alex and Kate Sour Graps. So plop down the five bucks. I promise it's going to be worth it. You'll get raw rundowns on Monday. You'll have the producers of tonight's show. Uh, all kinds of good stuff over at FightfulSelect.com. Try it out once. I promise you're going to like it. And anniversary billing is in effect. No more getting billed on the first after you subscribe on like the 10th. But Denise, tell the people what you got going on this week. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. That's where I post a lot of, you know, different contents constantly going up. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Follow me on Twitter. That's where I post all of the links for all of my upcoming podcasts. Guys, thank you all so much. Zachary and Matt wrap us up with Super Chats. And he says, the reason the tag belts were shown with one of the Bray Doll characters. Not that I know of, but I will ask. Absolutely, you can bet I'll ask. And Matt James says, Rex Speck, who do you think could be a part of the Wyatt faction? I'm thinking maybe KO and Sammy or Elias. I don't think KO or Sammy. Maybe Elias being revived as, as a part of that, but... He comes back. Well, is he still supposed to be dead? No, no huh? he's he not was, dead anymore. Elias he was wasn't away. really dead. Yeah, yeah, he was away. That would have um, been funny, though, if he came back from the dead. I'll say it again. Cross, Scarlet, maybe Alexa, maybe... Uh, you said Braun. Braun. I would love Braun to be in there as well. But guys, and somebody says that was the fan laying a belt on, his, on the barricade. LOL. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.